0: managing priorities and communication that's agility by definition. What's important? Why is it important? When is it important? And then you can keep triaging. Technology is transforming how we think, how we lead, and
1: how we win. From InterVision, this is Status Go, the show helping IT leaders move beyond the status quo, master their craft, and propel their IT vision. Welcome to Status Go, the podcast exploring tech and innovation transformation. I'm your host, Jeff Tunn. Today, we're diving into bimodal IT, navigating ambidexterity for innovation integration. Okay, now, many of you thought, "G. Jeff Gartner talked about bimodal years ago. Isn't that the battle between legacy and cloud? If you did, you may be surprised by today's conversation. Bimodal is even more important in this age of digital. If you are being challenged to drive innovation in your organization, it is vitally important that you become ambidextrous. Today's guest is Nabil Batter. Nabil is the CTO for Medvantics, a medication management platform designed to help their partners achieve greater customer centricity while enabling a frictionless patient provider experience. But he has also been studying IT organizations, specifically IT service organizations for many years. In this world of relentless digital change, we're joined by Nabil, the author of Enabling Bimodal IT. His paper unveils the secrets to embracing innovation and agility, and we'll discuss how bimodal IT reframes IT's value, shares insights from case studies in IT service companies, and uncover practical strategies for fostering ambidexterity. Whether you are in an IT services company or not, get ready to learn how your IT organization can lead business model innovation, become change agents, and adapt to an ever-evolving digital landscape. We'll also have some actionable insights and provide a glimpse of the future of IT and innovation. All of that on today's episode of Status Go. With that, Nabil, I would love to welcome you to Status Go, sir. Welcome.
0: Thank you, Jeff. I'm good. It's good to be here. It's good to be able to uh, diffuse what I learned over the years, and some of this. Well, may- and,
1: and, and I have been looking forward to this conversation since uh, we were introduced. Uh, gosh, probably a, more than a month ago now in our our original conversation. Uh, because this, this concept of how does IT handle all the things thrown at it, depending on where they are in the organization uh, and where their organization is, uh, has been something that, that has been fascinating to me throughout my career. Before we dive in, can you share a little bit about your background, your career journey?
0: Yeah, uh thank you, Jeff. So I've been I've been in IT and IT services since probably 35, 36 years, right? And you know, I've seen a lot. And uh, and what you what you mentioned about Gardner, I you know, the picture comes to mind of a turtle and a rabbit. And for them, by bimodal by IT was a turtle and a rabbit in that article I think you're talking. And, uh, through my experience, I witnessed that speed is not the only concern, you know, so yeah. turtle rabbit is the approach rate right, of speed and it's not the only concern for sure. Yeah. And so ambidexterity has to be in many other angles, like you mentioned. So I learned through going from a, a service provider to a consumer at the uh, side of enterprise IT, back to uh, a vendor supplier for Mm -hmm. the service provider that services consumed by enterprise IT to keep turning from financials services to IT services and to healthcare services. The problem is the same at the macro level. So here today, I, I'm, I'm happy to share what I feel and know from my studies, what we could do.
1: Well, and in your in your paper, you talk about a, a couple of different case studies uh, that undermine, underpin, sorry, not undermine, underpin uh, your, your theories about this. Uh, so one of the things that we talked about um, when we first were introduced, Nabil, is your experience in, in going back to your home country. You're from Lebanon yes. um, and uh, you served as a part of the red cross, um, yes. but you had a technology bent to us. Could you share a little bit about what, what work you were doing uh, and some of, of how that led you further into this work about it organization?
0: Yeah so so the the work was that I did was before the red cross at a time passed then of course there is a calling to say how can I contribute more to this world so I said the red cross I saw a, a uh, through an encounter with a friend of mine I saw there is a need to digitalize the red cross uh, in in the uh, Mena region in the Middle East North Africa so uh, I then I joined the Red Cross there as a part volunteer, part consultant, as a, the acting acting CTO for them and CTO, CIO. So, um, first I looked at all the operational uh, work they're doing and it's not, nothing is documented in, in a digital fashion. Everything is on paper, paper, reporting was hard and... Uh, and the ability to prove the merit of the mission was also camouflaged behind all the stack of papers. So I spent with their with the directors there, I spent about a month or two trying to uh, build a strategy. It, we came up with a 10-year strategy for digitalization. So two five-year uh, steps that would take it from all paper to completely digital from the digital telephony to digital, uh, geographic information systems integrated with traceability and blood bank and psychosocial and, you know, first responder. So the, the key, the key I, uh, feature in the red cross in that area is that the first response responder, they're not, they're the nine one, one of that country in Lebanon. So. So that put, put me in a place where I can make a big difference. So we can, we can talk about that in detail if needed, but basically it was a good journey with very motivated humanitarians that, you know, I was able to, to make a mark in this world.
1: We love as, as technologists to, to tie our work to something bigger than ourselves. Right. And, and uh, I, I love that story that you were able to uh, marry your passion for technology with your passion for, uh, for giving back and, and part of humanitarian, plus supporting your home country. Uh, I think that that is fabulous. Well, let's dive into this uh, concept of, of bimodal IT. Could you start by explaining the concept of, of bimodal uh, and how it addresses uh, the challenges that we're all facing in this rapid change of the digital era?
0: Yeah, so so what what I would like to start with is the context where my paper was based on, and then we yeah. can extrapolate from that. Yeah, The context of the paper was IT services companies per se. The reason of that choice was that IT services companies use IT for their own business model and also preach and maintain and install and implement and sell IT for their customers. Yeah. So the resources are scarce in these companies in general, and they're multitasked, hence sometimes by model. Yeah. So they're going to look at the internal how they drive the internal growth of the company and how they go and learn from what their audience or their customers want so they can align their business model to serve them. So um, my choice of that was of those two companies that I compared and I kind of developed the idea through that use case was one company had to get to offer cloud services, mm-hmm. but they knew nothing about cloud. Yeah, The other company wanted to transform from a um, probably uh, analog telephony company to a digital click once you get DSL at your home kind of company. Yeah. So the two are different perspectives. One is I get to learn cloud to deploy cloud and support cloud. It's supposed to be seven by 24 initiative. Then the second one was I got to go compete with who's out there and gain market share. So I got to implement the whole infrastructure first. So I got to have this thinking of I'm implementing for my use, my management at the same time for the best case scenario for the customer. These are all conundrums that IT services companies, go through. Now, I, I do want to mention something, though. It is not a unique situation. Hospitals, banks mm-hmm. go through the same thing because nowadays we consume IT and we sell an IT service. Everybody yeah. does that. Yeah. Including even a
1: don't tell Even if we don't call it an IT service, yeah. right? Yes. Yeah.
0: Even in the sur- surgical room. The operating room, you know, they they consume the IT services with all the digitalization, and they apply sometimes install a defibrillator or a or a pacemaker inside somebody's chest. That's another technology too, right? So I'm I'm being a little out of context here, but to show that there is always bimodality there.
1: Well, and I think that's important because you know our our listeners we have. Uh, uh, many listeners that come from IT services companies, uh, Intervision, who who sponsors uh, and publishes this podcast, is an IT services company. But we also have listeners that are in healthcare or in higher education or in some other uh, industry that is not tech per se, right? They, they. But as you say and and say so well. Um, they they probably have a tech element to the product or service that they that they sell, um, and so I think this has gotten uh, more and more urgent for uh, IT departments, IT services companies to be able to handle this bimodal, this ambi- ambidextrousness that you talk about in your paper of How do you balance stability and keeping things up and operational with learning the new things and innovation and driving the customer needs? So when you think about it, we've been talking about uh, IT alignment with the business for, gosh, probably 50 years, Nabil. We've been talking about it. How does this bimodal IT concept reframe those traditional principles of alignment? What things do our listeners need to be thinking about?
0: Thank you, Jeff. Very, very well uh, uh, framed because exactly, um, when you talk about the dynamics of IT organizations today and compare it to what IT organizations used to be in the past, definitely there is a, a 180 degree shift. IT organizations in the past were supposed to keep the lights on, like you were saying, Yeah, make sure things are happening and working. And doesn't matter what anybody's asking, because the service has nothing to do with technology in the old days. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So talk about mortgage, talk about, you know, bank account, everything was on paper. So really the old days was just fix the machine. Yeah. Yeah. Today, You look at the IT organization to, one, drive the business innovation layers of the company, okay? So from customer support, which is after the fact, to lead generation before before we get the customer on board. All of it has to do with how technology sells itself. That's one side. The other side, you got to turn around and say, oh, my gosh, I got to go 7x24. Yeah. Because I got to run that engine that keeps things going
1: yeah
0: so so that's today the bimodality of that organization we call it organizational dynamics I I uh, in the paper I refer to it as capabilities of exploration and capabilities of exploitation ah. so exploitation means I have something I want to make it work for me yeah. meaning i do buy a certain cloud service from asia let's just say i want to make sure i exploit it right for my business mm-hmm. but then i might sell uh, a certain software at some point that i want to make sure i explore all the options that software and product development cycles and all that that need to be in that software to make sure i am innovative enough to compete so one keeps the lights on still, right? We didn't leave that behind, and the other one though brings the gas to light the fire of the company. So, yeah.
1: No, I I I love how you how you talk about that the the exploration versus the exploitation. I think that's a great um, uh, way to keep this in mind as we're as we're talking about this. In your paper, you you mentioned the. The, uh, the two companies that you explore in your case studies, uh, what were some of the key takeaways that you saw in those organizations that helped them be successful? Either uh, you mentioned one was, uh, hey, we're, we're providing these IT services. We're traditionally on-prem, and now we need to learn cloud so that we can offer that service. Uh, And the other one was uh, 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 phone uh, systems. How were they able to create this environment of ambidexterity within their organization?
0: Um, Thank you. This is a good question because the contrast between them, I got to make sure I lay the foundation there because there is a contrast even though both are IT services companies. The first company you mentioned, with the with the hosting and cloud, had to learn how to be the consumer and the provider of the same service. Wow. Yeah. The second company had to be learn to learn digitalization and digital technology to provide a digital service. Different situation. Okay, yeah. Yeah. so the digital service was totally different from a consumer perspective than what they expected to deploy in the back closet yeah technologies are different while in the uh, in the first company uh, they had a, a clear expectation of how a user should mm-hmm. should be challenged or step up to learn so the two are uh, kind of complementary yeah. cases yeah. that's why i, I chose them and they have to do with how you make sure you are able to learn and apply a certain technology ambidextrously, okay? okay, from outside looking in and from inside looking out. Yeah. And also, how do you manage to learn one technology, deploy it for the customer who's consuming a different set of technology? That needs that first technology to work. Yeah, this duality of thinking is what maybe technicians could be learning to be a little bit ambidextrous. But managers and above, organizational leaders get a master the ambidexterity because they cannot lose sight of one side, which is the external side, from the internal side. So you get ambidextrous in technology, sweet ambidextrous in customer, who's the customer, Uh, is the business, the customer, or is the business customer, the customer, meaning the external audience and Mm -hmm. is the technology up to par to make sure that we don't mix them up in their conditions. For example, let me clarify. I can always imagine a two by two Mm -hmm. in every company. You cannot just have one cto one cio one cdo and whatever and in the past if we remember in financial industry they used to hide the cio under is umbrella under the cfo so so and in some technology industries today they hide the cio under the cto or vice versa that is not a recommended practice from my paper i explain why we need to think In in this two by two. So the four quadrants have a CIO role, Mm -hmm. a CTO role, a CDO role, right? Digital. And then the data science. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Each one has a different thinking. Each role has a different way to think. The weight of ambidexterity is different from role to role. And that's why now we have to develop these organizations in that way. I know it's hard for some of us because we are in startups, small organizations. We have to play those different roles at different times.
1: Yeah, some, yeah. Sometimes, each, some, sometimes there's one person that does all four, right?
0: Yes, yes. So that that emphasizes how ambidextrous we have to be. So just to highlight a little bit more detail on this. So I see the CIO um, keep the lights on. Yeah. Okay. Make sure that I use information and I use all the informatics and the uh, components of uh, IT to run the business. So in a, and that the interesting thing is that you can take someone who IT in a hospital or CIO hospital and put them in the banking, they should be the same skills. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then you take the technology side, what I call it, the operating technology. Those are two different fields every every industry is a different field. The operating yeah. technology in hospitals has to do with patient side uh, devices, they have to do with operating room devices, how to integrate those, you know, different uptimes, different resiliency, different quality. When you go to banking, you have the back end, the banking back end, ATMs, uh, uh, banking IS. So those are the specialty now. Yeah. So if you are one person doing the two jobs, now you gotta be ambidextrous. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Then you go to what i call them the the other two quadrants so i call them the lower layer right is the data management now data is needed for all the others
1: right right
0: what data is protected data what data i can use what data is not useful in this context that context again and with dexterity yeah then you go to the digital we use the digital systems in the company and we have some facing the customer. What is that boundary? Yeah. The person managing the digital world has to understand the boundary working with the operating technology and the information technology arms. So that ambidexterity is no longer two is multifaceted.
1: Multifaceted. Yeah. And and, and if you are in a larger organization where those are four different individuals those four, they have to be attached at the hip, right? Because they are all so interrelated.
0: Yeah. And in, in, in larger companies, there's all C-level. In, in general, they are peers who may be set up to compete by some management styles. Yeah. Or collaborate, depending on the situation is. Or may, they might have different customers out there that they take care of, right? So, keeping in mind that capabilities of exploitation are important, so are capabilities of exploration. Yeah. Yeah. And exploitation, you know, example will be I know the technology, I am up to speed on training, I am aware of what the customer wants, I'm aware of how to keep skilling myself and my organization to take care of that. But then the exploration is I want to make sure I add value from an external uh, extra. For example, if I'm doing now maybe uh, identity management in a certain internal context, and I want to add some identity management features into my product to can be, I have to go out there, explore what's out there, and add the value into the company. So these two capabilities are also ambidextrous.
1: Yeah, yeah, because you're, Yeah, you you have varying priorities within each one of those uh, areas. What are are some things organizationally, you talked about organizational dynamics uh, a little bit ago. What are some enablement practices that uh, technology organizations can adopt to embrace this innovation based on based on
0: IT? Um, I don't think anybody can succeed with that collaboration and, and at all these four levels okay and a mutual understanding of the challenges at each level and the value of each level so this sea level imagine if the sea level uh, quad quadrant is the multiple people you're gotta always understand what makes the other one or the other uh, organization successful and then interact with it. Yeah. Okay. So that's a complex scenario. And if you are one person handling the, the, the four, then you're lucky that, you know, you don't have to collaborate or, or, uh, be aware, <laughs> but then you're encumbered with the priorities, as you said. Yeah. Yeah. So managing priorities and communication, that's agility. Definition. Yeah. Yeah. You know, what, what what's, what's important? Why is it important? When is it important? And then you can keep triaging.
1: Yeah. Nabil, you talk about uh, agility, and, and uh, what strikes me is that organizations need uh, agile with a capital A, the agile methodology, but also the soft skill of being agile and the ability to pivot from one priority uh, to another. Uh, does that, do both of those play into what you're talking about here with being ambidextrous?
0: Well, y- yes, yes, in some way. So let, let me give you an example. For ex—for instance, let's say we have, uh, we're launching a product and the product owner is developing some uh, features of the product. and is the, pro- the product owner is sheltered from the customer conversation with sales. You might end up with something different than what the sales needs. So for me, agility requires or best practice there. When you have the ambidexterity in there, the product owner who is not necessarily customer facing or not in the habit of being customer facing will also join sales and in, in presentations. Wow. So simple, simple moves like that, where the sales team is not, you know, blocking them off, say, these guys are backroom guys, and I don't want to talk to them and let them do whatever they need to do best. And then the client will be ashamed. No, bring them forward and ask the client to bring one of their back room people forward. So okay. now you'll have a handshake at a different level than the sales environment. The technical people love to work together. And then you have a success of this ambidextrous call even. So the call has become: I'm not selling anymore, I am now implementing before I even sell. That's one way of creating this one. The product owner now is familiar with the feature requirements are. So yeah. you improve that exploration capability. And then the salesperson now is familiar with what the technicians are talking about. Yeah. Now the salesperson's exploitation capabilities improved. These are the dynamic capabilities back and forth that are exchanged inside the company that will improve the overall agility. Because now the salesperson at the next call is much more improved, and yes. the and the product owner on the next project is much more improved. And it keeps going where The tie between them is learning. Yeah. learning
1: from each other.
0: Yes. And from the customer. And then if, if both of them are, if the technical side and the sales side, are in in any conversation with customer service, for example, which is the third potentially component in every company, they're going to say, oh, customer service, come on over, let's onboard you to what the experience is. And the three of them now become agile in serving the customer and learning from each other.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that you brought in customer service, customer support uh, into this as, as well, uh, because, you know, that, that could be uh for, from an IT practitioner perspective, that could be supporting the, the other associates in the business, but it also could have an element of supporting the external customer and understanding uh, the needs of uh, the external customer, and bringing that into your mindset as well. Uh, so I, I know, Nabil, we're we're running out of time here, and I know we've barely scratched the surface uh, on on your paper. Are there uh, is there one uh, another point that you're really wanting to let our listeners know about this concept uh, before we kind of wrap things up?
0: well one one key uh, contributor to all this picture is making sure we know the customer and who is the customer and what the customer wants you know I, I know I sound like a broken record, but that's <laughs> it's it's harder done than said yes, uh, what I see is I would recommend that everybody out there when you have a challenge have the technicians listen to the customer calls uh-huh. have the salesmen uh listen to customer calls because that's where everything has to materialize after the end yeah. and we do shadowing programs here and i sponsored that at all levels to make sure we in import all the customer view and the experience and wrap it up with the, with the like a tech talk yeah so then yeah. internally customer service teams technology teams and sales teams are now looking at, uh, at each other to learn from each other.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. Then you have the same with the other four quadrants I talked about, where they also have tech talks, learn from each other. See, learning is a dynamic capability. So that's the underlayment of everything. If we don't know how to learn from each other, we're not agile, we're not nimble, we're not ambidextrous.
1: I, I, I love that that kind of summarizes it, learning, but learning from each other and understanding the challenges each other has, whether you're one of the four quadrants, uh, whether you're outside the four quadrants or whether you're the customer, uh, being able to, to understand those challenges. Well, Nabil, I warned you that uh, Status Go, we're all about action. Uh, so yes. what are one or two things that our listeners should go do tomorrow because they listen to our conversation today.
0: Okay. Start shadowing the customer and everybody's, everybody's customer, right? So internally you can define the customer and shadow them, shadow their calls. Start learning from each other. I don't think silos work and I never worked. Make sure every mission has a plan and be accepting to do different missions at the same time. So that's the ambidexterity and organizational learning is, is primordial. So tech talks, you know, huddles are all important for, uh, maturity in the organization. Yep.
1: I'm i I'm a huge proponent of, of shadowing. Uh, we used to do those, uh, when I was in the CIO role, we called them ride alongs because we were very distributed. Uh, organization we were in a, we were in a retail setting so we would do ride-alongs to go visit the the retail stores and see that. Nabil, thank you so much for being on Status Go. I really appreciate it. Uh, I loved the paper, and of course, we will provide a link in our show notes to that paper. But thank you for being on the program today. I really appreciate
0: it. Thank you, Jeff, for the opportunity, and for everybody out there, we're in it together. So thank you.
1: That's right. We are in it together, learning from each other. Yes. Uh, to our listeners, if you happen to have a question or want to learn more, visit intervision.com. The show notes will provide links and contact information. And as I mentioned, we will link to Nabil's white paper uh, that is available online. This is Jeff Tun for Nabil Batter. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you, Jeff. You've been listening to the Status Go podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes or get more information at intervision.com. If you'd like to contribute to the conversation, find Intervision on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Twitter. Thank you for listening. Until next time.